A few hundred miles from the North Pole, American Coast Guards lower depth charges into the pack ice and blast a channel to secret German bases established off the Greenland coast. A longboat pulls away to destroy the radio stations from which the Nazis were sending weather reports to Germany. When the German expeditions install themselves there, they sneaked in plenty of supplies. Back to the US cutter comes a load of 60 prisoners. They had scuttled their three ships before surrendering. No more weather reports for the Nazis. A new center of low depression has set in. This episode may sound a little bit different than what I have uh, published on my podcast, but uh, I was reading Journey to the Center of the Earth uh, as I started to remember about the hollow earth theory and i decided to do some research and talk to you about this theory and uh some of the ideas that also are more recent history so basically one hollow earth theory or another has surfaced for thousands of years the concept of a subterranean land inside the earth has been popular in many mythologies folklores and uh, legends from ancient times uh, <clears throat> even in uh, journey to the center of the earth you you see that uh, Jules Verne talks about uh, huge animals living there you know day night and uh, massive size uh, vegetations and uh, so on and so forth so the other thing that uh, started to come to mind is well, we see a lot of um, or hear about UFO sightings and people talk about seeing UFOs. Could that be something that comes from the inside of the Earth, from the hollow Earth? Maybe they're not coming from outer space. I don't know. I, I just decided to share this question with you and discuss a very, very interesting uh, piece of history with you, which is about... Uh, 80 years ago and what happened with uh, two operations uh, operation high jump and operation deep freeze it is known that admiral richard e beard of the united states navy flew to the north pole in 1926 and also over the south pole in 1929 his flight to the North Pole was actually financed in part by John D. Rockefeller. And that's what makes it even more uh, interesting to see what was this about. And it is also known that he had connections in Washington, D.C. Admiral Baird was also a high-ranking Freemason. And becoming famous for his initial polar expedition, Admiral Bird was uh, also made many more expeditions to Antarctica under the finance of the U.S. government, uh, namely Operation High Jump in 1947 and Operation Deep Freeze in 1955-56. And unfortunately, a year after Operation Deep Freeze, Admiral Bird died of heart attack in his sleep. But it is believed. And this is the part that we're going to discuss. It is believed that uh, before he died, he left a journal which detailed his expedition in 1947. 
It is known that German government also had established a military base in Antarctica, which may have been connected to the underground caverns leading to the hollow earth. Uh, the Nazi era tool society reported much about Tibetan myths of openings into the earth. There is even a theory that Hitler ordered a research journey for such an opening in Antarctica based on a speech of Admiral Dönitz in front of a German U-boat in 1944 when he claimed the German submarine fleet is proud of having built an invisible fortification for the Führer anywhere in the world. During the Nuremberg trials, Donitz spoke of an invisible fortification in midst of eternal ice. The German base was supposedly known as New Schwabenland, which means New Swabia and is known to have been developed during German expeditions to Antarctica in 1938 and 1939, led by Alfred Richer, a captain of the German Navy. In 1946, around the conclusion of war with uh, Germany and in the midst of rumors that the German Navy fleet had escaped to Antarctica, uh, the United States sent a vast fleet of ships to Antarctica under the command of none other than Admiral Byrd. This mission was sent under the official guise of uh, searching for coal reserves. That's very interesting. The U.S. Navy sent three naval battle groups, which departed Norfolk, Virginia on uh, 2nd of December 1946. They were led by Admiral Byrd's command ship, the icebreaker uh, Northwind, and consisted of catapult ship Pine Island, destroyer Brownson, aircraft carrier uh, Philippine Sea, the U.S. submarine Sennett, uh, two support vessels Yankee and Merrick, and also nearly 4,000 military personnel mounted what was basically an invasion of Antarctica under the guise of looking for coal. The idea that they would need such a vast naval and military force to survey for coal deposits is it's just ludicrous. Admiral Byrd's team of six uh, C-47 aircraft were fitted with super-secret spy cameras, and each plane was trailing a, a magnometer. They flew over as much as the continent they could in the short three summer months of the Antarctica. And basically, they did the first mapping and recording of magnetic data. Magnetometers uh, show anomalies in the Earth's magnetism and any hollow cavity under the ice or the ground uh, would have been detected by these devices. It was during this expedition that a complete mapping of Antarctica took place. And also, this part is very interesting, that there are declassified video of the expedition, which reveals miles of completely ice-free land with warm water lakes and 
mountain ranges. On the last of many mapping flights, uh, where all six planes went out, each on certain preordained paths to film and measure uh, with uh, magnetometers, Admiral Byrd's plane re uh, returned three hours late. It was stated that he had lost one engine and was compelled to throw everything overboard except the films themselves and the results of magnetometers readings in order to maintain altitude long enough to return to the base. So he was missing for three hours. This is when some people started to speculate and believe that he came into contact with German military and representatives of the inner earth. This is where it becomes very interesting. Upon the return of the Navy task force from Antarctica, their data became classified as top secret. Secretary of Navy, James Forrestal, who also later became the Secretary of Defense under President Truman, and was also known to have opposed creation of Israel, was amongst those sword to secrecy. So obviously he had access to this information. He was eventually forced into resigning in 1949 over a uh, falling out with uh, President Truman. Upon his retirement, it is believed that he began to talk about Antarctic expedition and other top secret projects, revealing sensitive information to his wife and other. So Forrestal was not a uh, ordinary man. He had access to top secret information as the Secretary of Defense, top secret military information, and, and a lot more. So once he started talking to his wife and others, he was quickly confined in Betsida Naval Hospital Psychiatric Ward. And uh, shortly after that, and the excuse was he has uh, depression. And uh, it, there he was prevented from seeing or talking to anyone, including his brother and even his wife. Shortly after his arrival at the psychiatric ward, he died under very mysterious circumstances, which uh, were quickly ruled as suicide. He had apparently chosen to jump out of a, a bathroom window on the 16th floor of this building, which was far smaller than the window in his, uh, you know, main room. Uh, what was even stranger was that he had the belt of his bathrobe uh, tied around his throat. But there was no evidence that it had been tied to anything inside the bathroom. So you see there, there's a lot of inconsistencies, as he would have done if attempting to hang himself. In January of 1956, Admiral Byrd led yet another expedition to the South Pole. So the first one was in 1946, shortly after the surrender of Germany. And the second one, you see that it happened uh, 10 years later. And shortly after the second expedition or Operation Defreeze, 
uh, Admiral Byrd died in his his sleep of heart complications. So events in this uh, historic situations uh, are enough reasons enough for people to start to speculate and come up with different theories and look for answers that uh, most likely being um, covered up by the government if you wish in 1964 and here's where the story gets very interesting 1964 dr raymond bernard uh, which was an esoterist and leader of the rosicrucian order he published a book and the title was the hollow earth and the subtitle is the greatest geographical discovery in history made by admiral richard ebert in the mysterious land beyond the poles the true origin of flying saucers and this is a very important book this is the book that uh talks about a lot of details what happened to admiral Byrd. i'll tell you some of those uh passages from the book and also the theory that oh ufos maybe they come from within the earth within this work or um, assumed flight logs and later entries of admiral bird's supposed lost diary concerning operation high jump which was the first operation in 1946 within the diary he tells of entering the hollow interior of the earth along with others and traveling 17 miles over mountains, lakes, rivers, green vegetations, and animal life. He commented on how he had lost sight of the horizon and how the light was different within the earth. He tells of seeing tremendous animals resembling mammoths moving uh, through the brush. It is also said that he eventually found cities. And we're talking about inside the earth. And a thriving civilization. He describes a great glowing city where the buildings appear to be made of crystal. Similar to the description of Tibetan famous lost city of Shambhala. In the diary, it is written that Admiral Byrd's airplane was greeted by disc-shaped flying machines with a type of swastika emblem on them and that they escorted him to a safe landing area where he was graciously greeted by emissaries from the hollow earth. So these are passages and some uh, excerpts from the hollow earth book these emissaries were called ariani that makes it even more interesting and are described as being nordic in appearance tall with blonde hair and is speaking with a norwegian or germanic accent but it is also likely that there were germans there as well as the word used to describe the saucer craft so these people use had a word to describe a um, saucer craft or a flying saucer or what we call today ufo and they refer to it as flugelart which is a name for 
one of the prototypes of German anti-gravity machines. So since they use this word to explain UFOs or flying saucers, they say, okay, there might have been some Germans among them. So uh, all the rumors about Germans um, reaching the hollow earth, this could be, uh, you know, circumstantial evidence for that. After resting, uh, Admiral Byrd and his crew were taken to meet the king of this or ruler of the civilization, which he calls the master. Admiral was told that he had been allowed to enter the hollow earth because of his high morale and ethical character and because he was so well known on the surface. The master went on to say that they were worried about the safety of the planet due to the invasion of nuclear weapons and their use of the uh, weapon on the Japanese. Admiral Byrd was also charged to deliver a message of warning to the world that uh, these weapons would one day destroy us. After the visit, Bird and his crew were guided back to the surface of the planet and eventually made their way back to give the report of the incident to the Pentagon, where they were ordered not to speak of the incident with anyone and that the information was remain top secret. In the Hollow Earth, Dr. Raymond Bernard describes a detailed account of various cave entrances into the hollow earth, such as Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. Remember, uh, he's talking about entrances to the hollow earth from different areas and different uh, points on the surface of the planet. One is uh, such as, you know, Mammoth Cave in Kentucky, but that the two main entrances were on the big hole in North Pole and a smaller hole in the South Pole. He also cites a photograph published in 1960 in the Globe and Mail in Toronto, Canada, which shows a beautiful valley with lush hills and green pastures. The aviator who took the picture claimed that he had taken it while flying into the North Pole. Bernard went on to author many esoteric books before his death. In his Letters from Nowhere, Bernard claims to have been in contact with great mystics in secret um, ashramas and with grand lamas in Tibet. Dr. Bernard died of pneumonia on September 10, 1965, while searching the tunnel opening to the interior of the earth in South America. So you see, the claim is there are multiple entrances into the hollow earth. Many have dedicated their lives to the idea of the hollow earth. And it goes without saying that they wouldn't have done so if they did not believe that there was evidence to support it. This evidence does, in fact, exist, and as the years go by, more and more evidence shows that the Earth may, in fact, be hollow, leading many to the conclusion that there is a cover-up of global proportions by the scientific establishment, uh, hoping to keep the public in the dark about the nature of the planet. In the modern age, FAA, 
Federal Aviation Agency regulations prevent all but government-approved teams to go near the poles. Isn't that curious? But historically, almost every explorer who had traveled to the poles has uh, recorded that as you get closer and closer, it gets warmer and warmer, the snow and ice disappear, the and greenery and wildlife reappear. Even modern-day explorers continue finding driftwoods, pollen, um, animals and insects, the closer they get to the poles. In Greenland, animals should migrate south for the winter towards the warmer weather. But in fact, some migrate north like the musk uh, ox and uh, northern winds in Greenland. This is very interesting. Northern winds in Greenland are actually warmer than southern winds during winter, which we expect opposite of that. In northern Russia, there are constantly large animal bones and drifted wood uh, coming ashore from the north as well. During earthquakes also, the earth behaves much more like a hollow body than a solid one, uh, ringing like a bell with aftershocks, uh, spreading out like concentric ripples. This behavior is indicative of a hollow earth. So for those who believe in hollow earth theory, these are all evidence that proves the earth is hollow. And something which uh, plate tectonic theory falls short of adequately explaining also is explained by hollow earth, which is the, this, the travel of aftershock waves of earthquakes uh, throughout the planet for or for long uh, distances. These facts are just a few examples of circumstantial evidence concerning the existence of a hollow earth. Yet some of the best evidence is actually some of the rare satellite images of the polar regions. In the early 1970s, ESSA, a project that belonged to the Department of Commerce of the United States, gave media access to images of the North Pole taken by the ESSA-7 satellite on the 23rd of November 1968. These uh, images uh, basically appeared to show a massive hole in the center of the pole. You can see all these pictures online with a simple search. Likewise, the Environmental Research Institute of Michigan released the satellite image of the South Pole, showing that also appears to be a massive hole with uh, clouds around the hole and South Pole and even what appears to be the central sun visible within. Further evidence seems to have also come to light concerning the German expedition to the hollow earth, such as a leaked video depicting what appears to be detailed Third Reich map, and even a step-by-step -step navigation instructions and direction to the inner earth. So some of these documents after World War came out and uh, shortly after became top secret, but there are copies. Again, you can look for those documents and you can find them. This map is very interesting and very detailed like uh, anything and many things else that you expect uh, from Germans, especially during those times. 
these supposed Third Reich map also depict several secret passages which were used by German U-boats to access mysterious, uh, mysterious underground regions, as well as a complete map of both hemisphere of the inner Earth, so inside the Earth to a hemisphere. A letter also has surfaced, supposedly written on 2nd of March 1985 by a Carl Unger to retire Colonel Billy Woodard concerning the submarine U-209 commanded by Heinrich Broda. The submarine was indeed reported missing on July 5, 1943, at the heat of the Second World War, with its last reported position between Greenland and Iceland at the specific coordinates. In the letter, it states that the crew had reached the interior of the Earth and that they did not consider coming back due to the defeat of the Germany and that 1943 Germans were losing the war to Russians and were being pushed back um, westward from Russia. Germans and and the possibility of death of Führer. This letter eventually made its way to a certain Joe Watson in Alaska, where it was leaked to various hollow earth investigators. Again, you can find this letter as well uh, by a simple search. These investigators determined that the letter made its way to surface via an ancient cavern in Brazil and then onto a German colony. So we see that uh, a, a submarine which was supposed uh, missing, uh, we get a, a letter comes that says this submarine actually entered the hollow earth and all the crew decided to stay there and uh, don't return to the surface. And there is a letter. So the question is, how did this letter surface and there are some theories about that the evidence that i talked to you about here are just uh, some of the more interesting and compelling evidence uh, to surface about the hollow earth and it is merely a small portion of the vast amount of what has been written theorized and uh, collected about the hollow earth Volumes upon volumes have been written discussing this subject. Before I end this uh, episode, I like to mention also a famous book, one of the first sci-fi books, which is called The Coming Race by Edward Buer Lighton. This book is written in 1871, and The Coming Race uh, tells the story of a young American man who discovers the thriving world of a highly advanced race living uh, deep inside the earth. This is an extraordinary classic and it's considered to be one of the first science fiction novels and is uh, honestly, I recommend it to anybody who's interested in this genre. It is also believed by uh, an entirely separate group of avid readers to be a nonfiction manuscript that contains truthful and accurate information about the past, the present, and a dread future yet to come. In uh, the coming race, offers a fascinating vision of a shadowy underworld 
populated by strange and beautiful creatures who closely resemble the angels, which is described in in the you know Christian lore. These beings, known as Viril Ya, live underground inside the earth, but are planning soon to claim the surface of the earth as their own and uh, in the process destroying human kind but i have one question for you or maybe i should say food for thought if actually there is a race living deep inside the earth and they ever decide to come to the surface what kind of environment they need obviously surface of the earth is not the same environment as deep inside the hollow earth so there must be some changes they need to make on the surface to make it livable for people living inside I don't know I'm just saying maybe darkening the sun is an idea or lowering the carbon dioxide 